see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, the Art Box. Welcome, Skip. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, it was so fun last night at the Casablanca. People were dancing their hearts away. You guys went till 1.30, didn't you? Yes. We're talking about the Terry Wayne Project. Julie is here with us. Hi, Julie. Hi. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. And <laughs> my co-host, Steve, is Hi. here. Hi, everybody. And I've been there, but not till 1.30 last night. That's for sure. Believe you, me, if we didn't have to be there until one thirty, we wouldn't be. Either. Oh, you guys were you guys were playing through the storm. Did you hear it? Uh, yes, um, actually, was it last night? Uh, the power went out. Oh, really? Yes, for about fifteen seconds. Yeah. Me and uh, the bass player were sitting backstage, and we were talking, and everything went black. We're like, whoa! And then about fifteen seconds later, it came back on. Oh, but you were sitting. You weren't playing. No. So nobody knows. I've had that happen one time while I was playing. And it, the funny you weren't, is, you weren't limp syncing or anything. <laughs> no. You weren't, you weren't doing a Millie Vanilla. No, no. <laughs> I was playing on stage with this band uh, at Loser's Lounge. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. same thing, there was a big storm going on, and we were playing and just went pitch black. And I actually thought I went blind. Because oh, it was really? that dark. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah, God. there was no sound. Everything just stopped, and I was... I was blinking my eyes. I'm like, am I blind? <laughs> then the crazy. emergency lights came on. I'm like, whew, okay, that was close. How long did it take you to stop playing? Uh, we, no, it shut everything down. The, the sound stopped. Everything stopped. Yeah, but you didn't stop, at I, least for a split second or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm standing and strumming my guitar, and then I didn't hear anything or see oh. anything. I stopped. <laughs> so that's when I thought I went blind. I actually thought I went blind. <laughs> So you mentioned the Losers Lounge. That's in Laughlin. And Terry Wayne Project plays here in Laughlin. And where else do you guys play? Um, we we do Camp Verde, Arizona at the Cliff Castle Casino. Okay. Uh, we've done Havasu. Um, we got a private gig coming up in L.A. Uh, later this month on the 16th. Wow. Yeah. So we get uh, certain gigs like that to where people... They'll see us performing, and they'll approach us. You got a card. So that that's how we get um, weddings, birthday parties, mm -hmm. and private events and stuff like that. What instrument do you play, Skip? Lead guitar. And you also do a lot of the rapping? or Tell yes. us that. Yeah, you are a fantastic singer, rapper. Oh, thank you. I guess you can say I'm a little multifaceted, you know. Uh, what's that? What's that saying? Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> so in other words, I do a little of this, a little of that, you know. And you've been with the Terry Wayne Project for quite some time, right? Yeah, I moved to Vegas in 2013, but I've known Terry way before then. I met him in Arizona when I was living in Kingman, Arizona, okay. 
And my band was the local band at this place called The Smokehouse. Mm -hmm. And at that time, they were hiring a lot of bands out of Vegas. But my band was just the only band there that did the top 40 R&B and all that stuff. All the other bands were country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can see why you're popular. <laughs> <laughs> so they would hire a lot. Of, when my band wasn't playing, they hired a lot of bands out of Vegas. So I got to meet all the musicians and bands that came down, and that's how I met Terry. Uh -huh. He brought his band down there, and uh, we just clicked and been friends ever since. Wow, that's fantastic. So that's been about, that was, sounds weird to say, but about 30 years. Okay, and mm. then you moved to Vegas. Yeah, and uh, I was getting my name out there. Actually, I was playing in Vegas before I even moved, moved there. I, certain bands that I would meet in Laughlin, I would perform with them, I would sub for them, and they would put my name out there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I moved to Vegas and made a couple of phone calls, and of course Terry called me and said, hey man, uh, I need a guitar player. So me and him hooked up and yeah. been doing it off and on for a long time, and now ever since uh, maybe 2014, 15, we've been playing together solid. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And Steve, when, and Julie knows this, right? How does the crowd react when he gets up and does his stuff? <laughs> they go crazy. They really they do. They go crazy. They? Everybody loves to watch Skip. Everybody uh -huh. loves to film Skip. Yeah. Because you can tell he loves what he does. Absolutely. And he's good at what he does. Well, thank you. And you two met at one of his. Yes, at the Casa Blanca. At the Casa Oh, at the Casa, okay. really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She was there with a few friends, and uh -huh. and uh, I've seen them there before. You know, they'd get out there and dance, and I was like, hey, they seem pretty cool. And when we go on break, we go out and talk to everybody, say hi, shake some hands. You, you, you see oh, I know, there. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, great. Uh -huh. and Julie and a couple of friends were there, and I walked over and said hello. And she was telling, her and a friend were telling me that they, uh, Mainly come down when we're playing because they like our band. Yeah. And kind of took a liking to her. Uh-huh. And I was going to come out and ask her for a phone number, and they had left. I was like, okay, I missed my chance. Then she showed up again. I said, ah, here's my chance. <laughs> yeah, don't blow it this time. Right. <laughs> well, you said come down, so where from where? Uh, I live in St. George. Oh, okay. So a group of us come down, and with our time difference... Because St. George is an hour later, you know, we'd stay till about midnight, and it was one o'clock our time, so we're like, okay, we're we're heading home. Yeah. And so when he came down and said, every time I come to get your number, you're gone, and I was kind of like, you want my number? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yes, I do. I, I said, I think you're too young for me. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. So like, how did you think I am? I said like forty. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> he, he does look a lot younger. so It's a nice compliment to Very both of you, to well, both of you, truly. Thank you. Yeah, thank I'd you. love to watch you two, every once in a while, who come down and dance with you uh, on which slow is dance. Just, just been the last couple times. I yeah. was teasing Terry all the time that I never get to dance with him because he's always playing. Yes. And so sometimes when he plays a slow dance, I just stand up and pretend I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs> And then he kind of laughs, and he's like, okay, we're going to have to make this happen. So it always still takes me by surprise yeah. when he gets to come down and dance. Okay, I scared her last night by accident. Yes. She didn't know I was coming off the stage, and I came down, 
and I was kneeling next to her. I said, excuse me. And she went, ah! <laughs> so I didn't mean to scare you. No, I'm very jumpy, but I was not expecting it, so it's always a pleasure. And by the way, Steve, she's one of the good line dancers that are there. Yeah, so... Yeah, Linda's always telling me about the line dancers. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yes, a lot of them. We, we like to line we love dance. that. We do like to line dance a little bit. The keep it mm-hmm. shuffle, always the keep it shuffle. Oh, sure. Gotta Skip my spot. Skip always comes and helps everybody do mm-hmm. that. Now, Skip, I, I thought it was interesting that you said you played things other than country because when we interviewed Terry, he's a big country fan. Right? Yeah, which uh, that, that kind of took me by surprise. Uh-huh. I've known the guy 30 something years, but he never really talks about loving country all that much. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of shocked to hear that. I'm like, mm. I knew you liked it, but I didn't know you were that much of a fan of it. Uh-huh. So I was kind of. Yeah, that's what he said on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I don't think he played any. I don't think you guys played any country the night that I was there, though. Well, we played quite a bit of country. They do play. play. Yeah, depending on the, the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three you or know. Four or five. Depends upon. Remember what Terry talked about? He reads the crowd. Your, your right. band actually reads the crowd. See, that's what I was saying. You know, it depends on the crowd, you know. Yeah. Now, especially if we see a lot of cowboy hats in there, all the country's on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we know what we better be doing. <laughs> And there's a group, I think, from Mesquite, or maybe they're from St. George, and they come down on, like, Wednesdays or Thursdays, and they're, they'll are they dance, line dance to every song. Oh, that's the Mesquite group of line dancers. Yes. The locals come Sunday and Wednesday. That's And sometimes Thursday. Right? Oh, the ladies. Yes. Yes. They are sweethearts, man. They they come down with their Terry Wayne T-shirts on. Yes. And they made us these clappers. I'm not uh-huh. Have you seen us use I those? I have, yes. Yeah, so uh, they gave everybody in the band one, and then they show up. They are out there in the audience with their clappers, and <laughs> so we grab ours that they gave us, and we all start clapping. <laughs> yeah, so we make sure we have those when they show up. They're sweethearts. <laughs> well, they they love you, and you have quite a following. People from Las Vegas and St. George and other areas even farther away come to watch you guys. They follow you. Yes, um, that kind of took me by surprise when I meet the people who tell us that they follow us. And yeah, we came all the way from L.A. We came all the way from Vegas. We came from there. I'm like, really? I said, well, thank you. We appreciate that. So, yes, the following for this band has, it it continues to grow rapidly. And we're very happy about that. Well, we're very happy when you come to to Mesquite. Well, thank you. (laughs) Very much. So, Skip. How'd you get started in music? Did you love it from the time you were little or take it in school? To take us back to Little Skip growing up. You know what? I don't think I told anybody this story. This is uh, an exclusive. Okay, good. I don't even know if I told you this story, Julie. I'm on the edge of my seat. And we will keep it just between the four of us here. <laughs> okay. No, everybody can hear it, though. But no, uh, my mother told me this story. I was six months old. Mm-hmm. And this is when I first learned to walk. They were watching some uh, 60s TV shows like Hullabaloo or Top of the Pops or something like that. And Marvin Gaye was on singing. Oh. And she said he was singing a song called Hitchhike. And, you know, it's funny. I don't remember hearing that song. And I keep telling myself I got to find this song and listen to it. Still to this day, I don't know what it sounds like. I'll find it. (laughs) We'll put it in right now. (laughs) So my mother told me he was on TV singing and the whole family's in the living room. And I'm on my hands and knees. She said I crawl over to the TV. It was on a stand. She said I pulled myself up. 
and start dancing in front of the TV. And from that moment on, she said I was walking. Oh, my gosh. Really? What yeah. a story. Wow. That's so I guess fantastic. Marvin Gaye had a hand in me teaching me how to yeah. walk. Yes, he did. <laughs> and dancing. So that too. <laughs> did you start singing early, or uh, did you play an instrument in school? How that? That started when I was 12. Okay. I had uh, my cousins live next door to me. Like, and where was this, if I can ask? Uh, St. Louis. Okay. St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, That's my hometown. Hey. I lived in Rolla. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a son that lives in uh, St. Charles. Oh, St. Charles, Missouri. Yeah, one of the oh. counties out there. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. small world. I had cousins that lived next door. It was eight kids, five boys, three girls. The boys, three of them, had a band, bass player, drummer, guitar player. And the youngest one, he kind of played everything because his older brothers did. Mm-hmm. So I would come to their house next door and just watch these guys. I was like, man, that looks really cool. I'd love to do that. So their younger brother, their baby brother, which is uh, turned out to be my best friend, he's no longer with us, but he was sitting on the porch one day playing his brother's guitar. And I came over, I was like, man, that looks cool. I said, like, how do you do that? So I'd sit down next to him, he said, well, he put the guitar in my lap, he said, put your hand here and put your other hand here. He said, now start strumming. <laughs> And I just kind of picked it up from there. Wow. That was the first and only guitar lesson I ever had. That's amazing. Yeah. And so other than just watching them, that's where it all started. And these guys, they played everything, which is what's been, you know, instilled in me growing up. Mm -hmm. They played rock and roll. They played R&B. They played the blues. And they even played in church. Mm -hmm. So they played everything. So that's pretty much how it started. And me and my cousin, their younger brother, we had friends in the neighborhood, and we said, hey, we're putting a band together. So everybody wanted to be in the band. <laughs> sure. Yeah, just because we were friends. Some of them couldn't even play, but we wanted them in the band because they're our friends. Oh, yes. So we had four bass players, four drummers, <laughs> four guitar players. That's a big band. <laughs> yeah, so then we had to start weeding people out. I'll say, this ain't going to work. It's way too many of us, you know, and some of you don't even know how to play. So we st- we lost some friends along the way because we had to let them go. Sure. Yeah. Well, the only thing better than cousins is uncles. Oh, I had plenty of those. Yeah. Because yeah. I love my cousins and my uncles were always, I was always wanting to be my uncles. It's funny you say that because uh, on my mother's side, she was the only girl out of nine boys. Oh, wow. <laughs> And I was the only boy out of three girls. So they were like the big brothers I never had because I don't have any brothers. So I know what you mean by uncles, man. And and plus me being their only sister's firstborn boy, I got spoiled. Yeah. So I know what you mean by that when it comes to uncles. Man, I'm just smiling when we talk about uncles. I know the feeling. And and cousins. (laughs) I know the feeling. You know, there are a lot of really good guitar players. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a musical person, but I'm thinking Jimi Hendrix and some others. Mm-hmm. You could name those easier than me. If you could sit down and talk to one, who would you pick to talk to? Alive or dead, or does not matter? It doesn't matter. Up to you. Definitely Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And one that is very underrated, that is one of my favorite guitar players, is Prince. Oh, yeah, Prince. I would love to sit and talk to either one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd probably sit there forever and still not ask them every question you wanted. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be like, sooner or later, say, dude, you got to go, man. I got things to do. <laughs> so, yes, um, be definitely those two guys. I understand that Jimi Hendrix taught himself how to play, mm-hmm. and he's left-handed, but he played a right-handed guitar upside down. Right, he had to yeah. restring it. Yeah, quite amazing. Whoa, I never knew that. Yeah. You do. Funny, uh, I read a couple of his biographies, and uh, before he even got his first guitar, his, <laughs> his father said he would come home, and all the straws out of the broom would be all over the floor. Really? Because he'd be strumming that broom. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he said, I come home, every time I come home, there's straws all over the floor. And Sorry, Dad. So his dad got him his first guitar, and he didn't have to worry about the straws on the floor anymore. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Did you ever take any formal lessons, or did you just te- kind of teach yourself? No. Really? No, never any formal That's lessons. Amazing. Can you believe that, Julie? When he told me that, I was stunned. Because he's so <laughs> good yes. that I thought that ha- there had to be lessons oh, well, somewhere thank you. in there. Like, yeah. uh, really, I'm not just saying that. but You know, uh, it's funny, uh, when I first started playing, and... My mother was very supportive of it. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's where the music really started in my mother's house. Okay. Because um, she listened to a lot of the old R&B, all the great singers, Sam Cooke, Brooke Benton, Otis Redding, oh, Marvin yeah. Gaye, mm-hmm. James Brown, all that stuff was in the house, you know. So that's where it really started for me, man. I just had a love for music. When I put the band together, sometimes we practice at my house. And that's the thing about being a kid. When you put your first band together, you practice anywhere they'll let you. Mm-hmm. We practiced in my basement. Even one time in my bedroom. The bedroom was so small, man. We're on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I would be in there. That's before I got headphones. So the music would be blasting out of the speakers. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my mother was very supportive, but when she was watching TV, she didn't want to hear any of that crap. Yeah. Turn it down. I turn it down a little bit more. I can still hear you. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. So I, that's when I bought some headphones, and she didn't have to hear that anymore. Mm-hmm. But like I said, she was very supportive, and I got my first tip from my mother. Aww. Really? Yeah. Sometimes friends would come over. They'd be in the living room. And we'd be back there practicing, and she'll come back there and say, Hey, play that uh, Roxanne song by the police. Uh-huh. And we sounded horrible. <laughs> but we thought we were the greatest thing on the planet, man. We thought we were just rocking. They're like, Ma, get out of here. We're practicing. <laughs> I'll give you $5. Okay. Oh, that was your first tip. My okay. first tip was my mother. $5 <laughs> doing a horrid rendition of Roxanne. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. That's very sweet. What was your first job, then, your first real gig? Oh, my first gig. My first gig, I was a kid. It was only, it was at a a, um, family reunion. Mm -hmm. And one of the older brothers that was a musician, he was also a DJ. And he got us our first gig. We were about 14. He was a DJ at the uh, family reunion. It was at the Radisson Hotel downtown uh, St. Louis. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, really nice. Yes. And he was DJing. There was a lot of people there, and we were the band. And once again, we sound like crap, but we thought we were really hot stuff. Uh-huh. Nobody paid attention to us. <laughs> they be walking around getting their food, talking to other people, and we're standing there playing. But 
we all got 20 bucks a piece, man. And to, back then, that was like 100 bucks. Yes. It's like, man, all the candy we could buy with this. <laughs> I bet you were better than you think you were. You no, know, looking back, I'm like, ooh, kind of cringe, you know. But uh, I was like, yeah, you got to start somewhere. That's how you learn. Yeah, just glad it got better as time went on. Sure. Did anybody dance? I don't. Yeah, they danced to the DJ. <laughs> 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 yeah, my cousin got back there and they were all dancing there, man. But I guess we were like what they call the dinner set. That's when everybody was eating. <laughs> yes, that's right. You were the dinner set. Yeah, we the warm up. Set, the warm up. Right, right, right. <laughs> There's nothing better than live music. Thank you, sir. You can DJ and put all that all you want. There's nothing better than live music. I agree with you 100%. No disrespect to DJs, but come on, man. A live band, you can't beat it. Especially the interaction between the crowd and the band. You really can't interact with a DJ. You know, you can request a song, but that's about it. Yes. That's <laughs> true. And this band interacts a lot, Steve. As you know, they come and talk to everybody at their breaks, which is really nice. It's very much appreciated. That's very important to us because we have seen other bands. Uh, I don't care how good you are as a musician or a singer or how bad you are as a musician or a singer, but if you don't connect with the crowd, mm -hmm. what are you there for? Right. And we've all seen that. Yes. In other, other bands, and mm -hmm. that's, I think... Other than they play amazing music, good dance music is that they interact and you can tell that they love what they do. Yes. And they interact with each other. They got their little jokes. You know, they're uh -huh. they're interacting with the crowd. Like yes. The dance off that they did last night. <laughs> oh, you did the dance off? No, it wasn't me. Oh, what <laughs> you gotta tell her that. It was I, really cute. And I missed it. You did. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was cute. There was this one young lady she came to see us about a year ago she said it was mother's day or something a year ago may so uh -huh. you have a year and a half. yeah she walks up to the stage and she had her phone with her and she pulled up she said you remember this and it was a video of me and her on the dance floor oh really yeah oh, I was really like, oh, I, said, I remember that and i said i didn't know you had videotape of it and she said yeah we had a dance off she said i want a rematch <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, we can do that. So we did it last night, and we had yeah. we had a good time with it. That's great. It's kind of a little bit of the French Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, with him oh, and Carlton, Carlton were doing their little dance together. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and I and I thought it was going to last longer because I was just enjoying it so yeah. much. And then I thought I got to videotape this, and as soon as I got my phone out, they were done. Oh, <laughs> because that's the way it, it was goes. just the two of them out there. Yeah. It was really it was really fun. I was just surprised that she even had videotape of that. Yeah. Because if she hadn't shown me that, I probably wouldn't even remember who she was. Mm -hmm. And then she showed me that. I said, wow, you still, you got videotape of that. So, yeah, I was uh, shocked that she had that. Well, and you she know, she'll, she'll come back next year and have videotape of Probably. Year, right? And want another, and want another rematch. Yes, a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's just the way that they interact, which I yeah. think everybody feels that. And, and appreciates that. That's a must for us, man. I mean, I don't want to get on stage and just look like I don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Or 
look like that I'm above everybody in the crowd because I've seen some bands and look, I'm the singer. I'm just going to sing these songs. You guys are going to listen. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, mm-hmm. that holier than thou attitude thing, you know. I told myself if I ever get to that point, I'm not going to play anymore. Because, yeah. you know, after doing this since I was a little kid, I still have a love for it and I still have a mm-hmm. passion for it. Yeah. And I'm glad that I still do because I know some people that don't anymore. So don't get me wrong, I'm there for the paycheck, but I'm here because I love it, too. So I just happen to get paid for something I love to do instead of just going for the paycheck. Because I have a day job. I can get the paycheck there, you know. What's your day job? Oh, I work for uh, Nevada State University. Oh, you do? What do you do there? I do uh, installation and uh, maintenance and events work. Oh, wow. Yeah. That could be real challenging. Yes. Yeah. I almost came off the road with the Terry Wayne Project because of my day job. Because when I first started that day job during COVID, oh, yeah. that was one of the few places that was still open because they still had to facilitate the university, mm-hmm. even though it was nobody there. They had to make sure the water was running, uh, everything was working. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was there as a temp. Uh, waiting on my show to come back. I had this residency with this uh, show called Extreme Live. We had a three-year three, three year contract with Caesars Entertainment. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a big production. Uh, I've seen some videos of that. That's what I was doing okay. before COVID hit. And they said we'd be back in April, and they gave us COVID pay. I'm like, cool, a month off? That'll, that'll fly by. Mm-hmm. April turned into May. May turned into June. That COVID thing got bigger than anybody thought it would. Did the money stop? The money stopped. Okay. Yeah. Everything stopped. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, then we were all trying to get unemployment as musicians and a lot of red tape, a lot of run around. Oh, I bet. Man, it was, it was. So honestly, I went into a depression, believe it or not. I was wondering about that. That had to be terribly difficult. It was, because all my life, I'd say, man, you know, no matter what daytime job, I can always play music. No matter what, no matter where I'm at, no matter what's going on. Until COVID happened, and it just shut everything down in the music. I'm like, man, I cannot believe I cannot get on stage. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this cannot be happening. So with all of that going on, I'm like, let me get out here and get a job or something before I go nuts. <laughs> so that's uh, how I ended up at uh, Nevada State University. And I used to be at Nevada State College. Now it's university. I've been working there ever since. Um, the show never came back. Yeah, they shut the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. And even with Terry Wayne, he had his own band going at the time. And all his gigs were shut down and all of that. So... I'm still working there now, and they were really okay with me going on the road with Terry for the most part. And then they were like, you know what? You're a full-time employee, but you're only working part-time hours. So they said, we're not trying to tell you to leave the band, but either you're going to go be a a part-time employee or full-time. He said, if you go part-time, you're going to lose your benefits, yada, yada, yada. I said, no, I need my benefits, so... So now it's a little rough with me driving back and forth, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm making it work. I was going to ask, when do you sleep? 
<laughs> she knows about my sleep schedule, man. Like, after I get done at 1.30, run back to the hotel room, I'll sleep till 4, jump up, drive to work. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But you know, I only have to do it like two days, though. Thursday and Friday. Yeah. So, but if I had to do it all week, Monday through Friday, driving, no, I wouldn't have, so couldn't do it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, so you work Monday through Friday? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But you guys only play? Wednesday through Sunday here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I only have to drive back twice uh, during the week we're here. But that's still a lot. And I was just thinking, it's two jobs. Uh-huh. Yeah, two full-time jobs. Yeah, and you have to have lots of energy in the band at night. You know? Yeah. Truly so does. that's why she knows me when I get those naps in, yeah. I get them in. Because mm-hmm. those power, power naps do work. Genius. Like, <laughs> his head hits, he's out. And most people I've never seen able to sleep like that. Yeah. And that he's got to get those naps in before he performs. Uh, I know why. Wow. Because he's exhausted. <laughs> that's why I sleep so well. I exhaust myself. Well, and I can only imagine for you, you exhaust yourself. Yeah, it's a lot of energy they put out on, on the mm-hmm. stage, so... Amazing. Do you ever fall asleep between sets? No. That one time, uh, the only gig I ever had where I was kind of nodding off, <laughs> um, when Losers, there was a time where they had two bands a night. The first band played from 7 to 12. Then the other band would come on from 1 to 5.45 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I used to play a lot of those late shifts. And be on stage, and I'm like, whoa. Wow. And that would happen to some of my other musician friends, too. Terry's got a story about a friend of ours that was a keyboard player that played with him, this guy named Reggie. He said they were playing on stage, that same shift, and uh, next thing you know, you just hear this one note. (laughs) They look over, he's asleep holding (laughs) They go over and nudge him. That's a great story. That's classic. Yeah, so if I nod it off, you just hear some clunkers. You know, oh, oh, damn, I bet I'm falling asleep here. And it's weird, you go in there, it's nighttime, mm-hmm. and you walk out, and the sun hits you in the face. It's so like, ah. Oh. So they finally cut that out, though. It's only one band per night. It's uh, 8 to 1.30. So that makes it a little easier. Sure. Good. Right. Well, you need the people to come for the late night band. And, and I it's should a say the early morning band. Did you have that too, people, yeah. The, did you have a lot of people that would come listen? Believe it or not, yeah, it would be a lot of people there. And we're looking at them like, if I were you, I'd be at home in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I know the younger people in the clubs in Vegas, you know, some oh. of the hits, hits uh, the top performers don't start till like 3 in the morning. Yeah, especially with a lot of the DJs. The DJ, like Tiesto and some of Yeah, right, guys. right, yeah. those guys. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we went, we went to a place on the Jersey Shore one time, and we got there, and we're like, oh, it's going to be over, because we got there, it was dead. Okay, got a drink. said, well, you know, I guess, how was the band tonight? They said, oh, they started at one. <laughs> See? <laughs> we were just kids. We were all barely 21. We were probably under 21. Oh. And we're like, oh, this place was called Dunes Till Dawn. <laughs> oh, man, those late shifts. I'm glad I'm doing it anymore. But you are a Superman, Batman, ah. your shirt, your hat, your, your water bottle, bottle, cart, yes, car tag. Tell us about that. 
that started with me when I was a little boy as well. I mean, as a little boy, everybody's got their own favorite superhero or whatever, and mine just happened to be Batman. Because uh started with Adam West with the TV show. Oh, I watched that. My little brothers saw that especially, yes. That's where it all started for me, man. I've just been a fan ever since. Yeah. That's great. Same Adam West that was a voice on Family Guy. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you look on stage on his guitar stand, you'll see a little Batman. Oh. A little bob, almost like a little uh-huh. bobblehead or yeah. something. Yeah. It's hard to see, but you, if you get up close, you can see it up there. He goes everywhere. <laughs> I call that my little good luck charm. There you go. Yeah. It's good. He's everywhere. And if you go in my apartment, same thing. Plastered. Batman everything. And, and music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> music and Batman. Yep. Well, and we must have, we say that we had uh, a guest, um, Chuck Waters. Who was he? Was a stuntman, okay, and he was in the bat. He was in a lot of Batman's. Oh, that's oh, right. really? Yes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, if you haven't heard that episode of her, he is because he's in his nineties, and he's and he's really funny. Oh, so he was from the TV series. Yes. Oh, okay. Because so you said nineties, I'm like, he's in his nineties, and he was doing these uh, uh, uh ones with um. Yeah, Adam West, and yeah, he, well, he would, he could box, right? Yeah, so he did a lot of those. He did a lot. He but. also was in several of the Clint Eastwood movies. Hmm. So you might, when you listen to yourself on the Art Box, uh-huh. you can go back and look for him. Yeah, and he was like ninety-four years old, hmm. just sharp as a tack. Oh, that is nice. That's cool, us. man. Not a lot of people can do that. So, can I do a lightning round with you, real quick? And then we'll get to Linda's next question. Yeah, shoot. You only have to give me one answer for each. Um, Stones or Beatles? Stones. Okay. Um, the Cure or Boy George? The Cure. Okay. Stevie Ray Vaughan or Jimi Hendrix? Hendrix. Okay, but that was a tough one, wasn't it? <laughs> but I, I knew you were going with Hendrix. <laughs> Stevie Ray is good, too, though. Um, Louis Jordan or Janis Joplin? Louis Jordan. Yeah, fish Friday night fish fry. <laughs> oh my God, the best. Frank Sinatra or Harry Belafonte? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Frank Sinatra. Okay. Old Blue Eyes, you know, because he's got everybody knows uh, Old Blue Eyes, you know. They know Harry Belafonte from the Banana Boat song, you know, and he's a great activist. But everybody did Harry Belafonte just recently pass away? I thought. Oh, it was, uh, oh. earlier this year. Earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was older, but he didn't look older. No, no, he didn't. You know, yeah. Harry Belafonte looked kind of the same from when he was twenty until the time he That's passed. Part of him being Caribbean or something like that, I guess, yeah, that helped him maybe, out. You know. <laughs> I wanted to ask you since you were from St. Louis, did you ever make it to Bill Street in Memphis? No, no. Oh, okay. Actually, I've never been to Memphis. Oh, okay. There's quite a few places I've never been that I still need to go to. I've never even been out of the country. I've been to Mexico. Oh, okay. I've been to Mexico a few times. But uh, as far as being out of the country, never been. I was supposed to go to Switzerland, I think it was a couple of years ago. I did a couple of shows with this uh, lady by the name of uh, Danita Asbury. She does uh, an Aretha Franklin tribute show. Mm. And I did a couple of shows with her. And they wanted to hire me to go to Switzerland for three weeks. Once again, COVID shut that down. 
I was like, yeah, so I'm going to get out of the country for the first time. No, you're not. <laughs> COVID says otherwise. Right. You mentioned that that was a really depressing time for you. How did you move through that, and what helped you get beyond that? Not knowing when it, when COVID was going to end. As you said, we thought it'd just be a few weeks, a month, exactly. and it just stretched out. Well, once I got out of the house and started working, because uh, even at that time I was in a relationship that I mm-hmm. that was kind of messy and I was trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So my thing was to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, you know, um, I started working. I was doing something. Okay. So that was very therapeutic for me. Good. Yeah. So that helped a lot. Do you dream about music? Do I dream about it? Or are you just out when you sleep? <laughs> I'm out. Okay. I'm out. I'm one of those guys I'll sleep with the TV on. Mm-hmm. You ever do that? I used yeah, to. I do. <laughs> I do. Now I can't. <laughs> it, 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 same thing with the fan, and she knows about the fan. I have to have a fan on, mm-hmm. and I have to have the TV on. I don't want the TV blasting, mm-hmm. but it's that, just that little background noise. You know, it kind of helps me. It rocks me to sleep. I have a friend who travels with his fan. I do, too. <laughs> I don't go anywhere without it. I have one in the hotel room. <laughs> I got one on stage. There's always a fan. If you want to get to sleep really quick, I have a sure cure. Put on one of our podcasts. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Then you'll but like she, right no, like she was saying, once my head hits that pillow, man, I'm out. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I used to sleep with the radio on instead of the TV. When, we uh, didn't have TVs in every room when we were kids. Exactly. So that was one, one of the TV reasons. in the living room. Yes. That was it. And you didn't have a remote. No. Right? No, no uh, we were the remote. Yes. <laughs> hey, get in there and change the channel. <laughs> hey, my dad had an antenna outside, and he would holler to me, turn it more to the right mm-hmm. and to the left. Those days. You know? Tinfoil. <laughs> yeah. Rabbit ears. Tinfoil and the rabbit ears. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on, you guys aren't that old. Oh. <laughs> oh. Remember that. Oh, it gets better, man. Like when the dial would break on the front of the TV, we had pliers. Yes, yes. Sometimes a fork. A fork would work, a regular fork. I had the pliers. I had the pliers. Oh, yeah. Do you have a funny story to share? Another funny story about playing uh, music or anything else? There's, oh, man, there's a couple of things that would happen on stage. Um... Because sometimes people are pretty lit, too, when they're dancing. <laughs> if it gets later and later. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think one of the casinos that you played in Laughlin, the, they play on literally on the dance floor. Oh. It's about six inches off the floor. Mm-hmm. And they have people falling into them. And... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, at the Pioneer, uh-huh. one night we were playing, and... Uh, like I said, guy had a few in him, but he was a nice guy. He's just very jovial, but a really big dude, man. And he'd be requesting songs and throwing money in the tip jar. Mm-hmm. And then he's dancing around and having more drinks, more shots. And then that final one, he falls on our drummer, June. Oh, my gosh. On his drum set. Oh. Falls on top of the tip jar, crushes the tip jar, and he's on top of June. Now, this dude is really big. It took about five of us to get him off June and June's drum set. Oh, my goodness. And he cut himself on June's, one of June's cymbals, mm-hmm. bent one of June's uh, cymbal stands. 
And they were getting ready to kick him out because they thought he was being disruptive. I was like, no, he, he's okay. I said, just have him sit down, man, and sober up a little bit. Yeah. And we need a new tip jar, so. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> so they got this pail from behind the bar so we can use it as a tip jar. And, and June needs a new symbol. <laughs> yeah. We almost needed a new drummer because he was on top of June. Yeah. So, Skip, do you have any other interest? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, mean, I know you don't have much time. Obviously, <laughs> you know when time permits it. You know I go to the gym. I like to work out. Um, when I get the chance, I love to spend time with my friends and my family, which is very rare. You know, so when I get a chance to, you know, have some downtime, I do that. And not only that, I, I I'm one of those guys. I'm not a loner, but I do enjoy my alone time. Mm -hmm. So I don't constantly need to be around people. But uh, I, I like that, of course, because I'm a musician. If I didn't, you know, it's like you're in the wrong profession. You're constantly around people. But, you know, I do uh, enjoy my alone time. And when you, growing up, were you a Cardinals fan? You have to be living in St. Louis. You do. <laughs> yeah. The whole Missouri, Steve, the whole Missouri. Yeah. So do we all three have the, the most favorite player, Bob Gibson? Greatest pitcher ever? Oh. I'm not against that, but... Uh, <laughs> No, um, <laughs> but I do remember one thing. Maybe Bob Gibson's too far back for you guys. When the Cardinals won this uh, World Series, I think it was 1981 or 83, somewhere around in there. And their theme song was Celebration by Cooling the Gang. I got so tired of that damn song. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you turn on the TV, Sal, I'm like, oh. Yeah, they wore that song out. So I mean, yeah. I was happy for them, but I was tired of hearing that song. Yeah, I like the Washington Nationals with uh, Baby Shark. Oh man, that oh. that really oh, that was yeah. that song. Yeah, Baby Shark. Oh, that gets I hated that song way. when I first heard it. I know that gets old really fast. <laughs> yes, do you think? I think there's certain songs that musicians would rather not play. Oh yeah, every musician has a list of songs that right, you know. What's number one on your list? It's one we still do. I, I don't hate the song, but it's overplayed. It's Mustang Sally. I agree. <laughs> I like the new song. always wants that one. And I, when she says that, I think, oh, don't, don't, don't. And she does it every time. And they are so sweet, and they play it anyway. And, and you know, that's the thing about even if I hate a song, if people are dancing to it, then I'm okay with it. But if we're doing a song that's been overplayed and nobody dances to it, it's like, why are we still doing this? Right. You know. So as long as people are dancing, I can get through the song. But if we're doing it and nobody's dancing, it's like, dude, put this on the back burner. And there's this list, I can't remember where I saw it, that uh, some musician put together and they put it backstage. It's this one club I was playing in. And next to each song that's very overplayed, there was a dollar amount. So, uh, for example, um, Wagon Wheel, $200. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama, $500. Sweet Caroline. That's up there, too. And then the, the big one said Freebird, and next to it it said You Can't Afford It.
a good one. That's a good one. So every time I hear some of those songs, I think, oh. And then, of course, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard this when you go to uh, see certain bands play. Somebody always yells out Freebird. Just to be a smart ass. They don't even, you know, some of them never even heard the song, but they've heard other people yell it out. And they think they're being funny. So that's when I yell out, you can't afford it. <laughs> they probably have no idea what that means. Right. Well, but I know now. Now you know. <laughs> so don't be throwing it out there when you're in Mesquite. Unless you can afford it. <laughs> yeah, there you lots go. And lots of money. Is it hard to learn some of the newer songs? I know a lot of times I go up and say, can you play Justin Timberlake? Can you play Bruno Mars? Um, how difficult is it? Or, or are you guys still constantly working and learning those? Yeah, uh, we're always trying to add something new mm-hmm. to what we're doing. Actually, we have so many songs that, um, like Julia, she'll show up to the show. She's like, I never heard you guys play that song. I said, we played that song a zillion times, but we have so many songs. Mm-hmm. It's just that particular gig she came to, she heard us do it. Mm-hmm. So, but no, the songs aren't really hard to learn. Really? Wow. You know, That's but the, the thing that kind of gets me, a lot of pop music doesn't have any guitar in it. Oh. So I'm like, that. yeah, I'm like, okay, then that's, that's when I have to make something up. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of freedom in that, but I'm used to hearing a guitar and a song. It makes it easier for me to learn because I know what I have to play. There's a guitar. But other than that, you know, a lot of pop music doesn't have any guitar in it. How many songs do you all know? How, how many do we know? Oh, man, I, I have no idea. There's so many. Even if I started counting right now, I'm going to leave something out. Uh-huh. And then uh, I'll leave and go, oh, man, I should have said this. I should have said that, you know, because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Terry said one time you have over like 500 songs in your repertoire. It's a possibility. Something like that. And I thought, how do you remember that many songs? Yeah, and I so I would, you show up at night, do you have a playlist? No. Did I just say playlist? It's what yeah. it is. is a what playlist or a yeah. set list? Yeah. Set list? No. Yeah. No. So you guys just look between the four of you or five of you? We let say, Terry, Terry runs the whole thing. So he'll, we'll get on stage and he'll yell out, Mustang Sally. <laughs> and then when he looks around, everybody's gone. <laughs> you play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's crickets. <laughs> yeah, so he'll read the room, you know, uh, and kind of see what more we have in the crowd. He's like, okay, we got an older crowd. Let's start off with this. Oh, we have a younger crowd. Let's start off with that. Oh, we got mostly females. Let's do some of this, you know. So he's pretty good at reading the room. Yeah. So here's another dumb question for me. So no who starts? Who starts what? Who starts the song? It depends on what the song is. Uh, I, mean, I would just think it would always be the lead guitar. No. No. Mm-mm. Like I said, it depends on what song it is. Because sometimes a, a bass will start the song. or just And you, you all just know. Yeah, because we, we played these songs together, you know, quite a few times. Do you ever practice anymore? Yes. Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Definitely. 
And have where, to. And where do you practice at? You In my back, apartment. You go back to St. Louis to your mom's house? <laughs> really far commute. <laughs> if I do, I better make sure I bring my headphones. Because <laughs> I hear yelling, turn it down! <laughs> yes, ma'am. Is your mother still alive? Yeah, she's still alive. I bet she's so proud of you and what you're doing. She she is. She's, she's a sweetheart. Me and my mother get along great. One of my fondest memories, my mother came to visit me when I was living in Kingman, Arizona around 92. And my band was playing. And I pulled her up on stage. And she was dancing with me on stage. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's one of my fondest memories. Of, I didn't think I'd ever have her on stage with me one day, but, yeah, she was up there just getting down. That is great. That's fantastic. Yeah. I have to show you that. I got that video somewhere. Actually, that's more than fantastic. That's epic. It is. <laughs> yes. Those are fantastic. Memories. For you and her. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, that's where it all started, man. It was just always music in the house mm-hmm. growing up with her. And mothers eat that up, don't they? <laughs> and there's certain areas in the country, I think, where especially like blues music, um, rock music, mm-hmm. just St. Louis, Chicago, Memphis. Big time blues in all those cities. Yes. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Big time. Okay. Do you ever make a mistake? Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we never hear it. <laughs> we don't. But I, I bet I know who does hear it. The musicians. Yes, we hear it. <laughs> do, you, do you have a critic in your head that may say, Skip, what the hell did you do that for? Yeah, that happens sometimes, you know. And and what, mainly what it's called is a brain fart. There will be certain songs i played like a hundred times. And a hundred and one, that's when you'll make that mistake. And you say to yourself, man, I, I know this song like the back of my hand. Why did that happen? It, it just does. I was I remember uh, watching an interview with George Michael. And he said, man, I've sang I Want Your Sex a zillion times. He said, I went out on stage one night. He said, I couldn't remember the first verse. <laughs> <laughs> he I had a total brain fart. Yes. You know, yeah. so it, it happens. But you know, wait till you get a little bit older. <laughs> I'm telling you. But the audience never knows. You guys just cover up. Keep you, you know what? That's um, oh. that's the thing. We don't make huge mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, to where it's obvious that the audience is going, "What the hell are they playing?" You know, it's usually something real quick and you cover it up mm-hmm. and move on. You know, but when that happens, and it happens almost every night, if it, whether it's me, Terry, or June. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of laugh it off. You know, sure. we'll look back at Jones. Ah, oh, I heard that. Oh, they'll look at me. I heard that. You know, and we just laugh it off. You know, it's no big deal. I think the only time there would be a problem is if somebody's kept making mistakes all of the time. Sure. Mainly in the same spots. Mm-hmm. So what is it with you in that spot on that song? You know, you do that every single time on that song. Mm-hmm. What is it? What's going on? That's when it would be a problem. But, no, it's just, you know, we're playing and stuff like that. Or sometimes Terry will come in too soon on a verse, you know, and then we'll laugh about it. But, you know, you covered it up real quick. Oh, sure. Yeah, so it's never anything huge. Mm -hmm. I'll hit a bum note here, you know, and just move move it right along. Just keep it going. I am very happy and fortunate to still be doing what I'm doing I still have a love and a passion for being a musician. 
I'm happy playing with the band that I play with. We all get along very well. We're good friends on and off stage. We have great chemistry. And that really helps being in a band. Because we've all been in bands to where there's that one person. It's like, oh, can't stand this person, you know. But we all get along great. That's fantastic. So we look forward to getting on stage with each other. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm just very happy and fortunate to still be doing this and doing it with the guys I'm doing it with. <laughs> we always ask our guests, and I'll ask you both, Julie and Skip, mm-hmm. what has inspired you recently? Hmm, that's a good question. You should have gave me that hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> what has inspired me recently? Wow. See, she's nice, because I say what's inspired you this week. <laughs> um... Let me see if I can come with an answer for either one of those. What's inspired me? Let me see what I... This week sounds more, a little bit more recent. So, what has inspired me this week? Oh, he picked your question. Only because it's so recent. (laughs) I got it. Yeah. (laughs) You can narrow it down just a little bit. Oh, it may sound cliche, but music always inspires me. Whether it was a week ago, yesterday, or whatever. And that's the main reason why I still do what I do. And I tell everybody, even when I'm not playing and I go to see other bands play, which is another thing I like to do in my spare time, and I love to go uh, support my friends. Sure. And that's another way for me to support them and catch up with them because I hadn't seen them in a while. Mm -hmm. So I'm always, I'm still that guy that's a fan of music and a fan of bands. If I'm out in the crowd, I'm dancing and cheering just like everybody else. I'm not the guy in the corner with my arms crossed going, I can do that. (laughs) Oh, he thinks he's hot. (laughs) No, I'm a fan. I'm clapping, I'm dancing, and I'm singing. So, yeah, I'm I'm very humble when it comes to that. Pressure's on. (laughs) Um, Well, my family lives a little further away, my kids, and I was there last weekend. And we also love music. And... um, so my grandsons all grew up on music, and uh, my daughter and her husband all like music, and we were listening, and some Chicago song came on. I don't obviously remember what it was, but we were all just singing at the top of our lungs and having <laughs> such a great time. So music and family together has always been kind of a fun thing, you know, just Christmas music is a big thing at our house. Uh, for well, usually starts in November, but uh, it's just a you know music has always been a part of our family too, and so when we get together, there's always love and music and laughter and and time together. There you go. Very important. And not to be part of this or anything, but you talking about singing, it just takes me back when I was a young kid and I was a, a telephone installer for AT and T, and I was at a house. And this was, you know, Vietnam War was just winding down and everything. And Frida Payne had a song called Bring the Boys Home. Oh, I remember that one. Okay. And there was like five or six little girls in his family. They were all kind of little. They were all, they came on the radio and they were all singing it. Wow. And it affected me. And that's, you know, 50 some years ago. I can remember it was like it was yesterday. And, see, and they were what, so cute. That's what music does, man. When you hear a certain song, it can take you back to a certain point in time. Absolutely. That one little point right there, that one day, that one moment when you hear that song, man. So 
That yeah. I think it's the biggest thing. In, there's a word I'm thinking I can't come to it, but it's the strongest medium I feel like there is. Yes. For good or sad or, you know, if you've lost somebody and your song comes on and you you will remember that person that was in your life that was so important. It's okay to cry. It yeah, is, transport it, you it, back in time, man. It's very strong and very powerful. Happens to me every day. Like when I was talking about my cousin James, that um, he was the one that put the guitar in my hand for the first time. We grew up in bands all the way until he passed away back in 2018. He had some uh, health some health problems. And I have a ton of memories with this guy. And so with us being in bands growing up, uh, I hear certain songs and I automatically think about a gig that he and I had or something that happened on stage when I hear this song because we were playing it. So that happens all the time with me. I don't think there's a day that goes by that music, you hear a song and go, whoa, I remember blah, 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 I was doing this at that time, you know, so it's that's very powerful to me. Yeah. Happens every single day. Yeah. They live on in your brain and in your heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Skip and Julie, we want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to come talk with us today on our podcast and let our listeners know a little bit more about your music and your life. Well, thank you for having us, thank man. You. I appreciate it. For me, well, thank and you. thank you for supporting the band. Absolutely. And Steve, it was nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. I've been there once. All right. We'll get you again. Yeah. I'll, I'll come again. But just, we'll do Freebird for you free. <laughs> <laughs> we won't charge you, man. <laughs> oh, there were some powerful words right there. You know what? We'll if I writing. when I do when I do come again, there will probably be a smart ass comment on Freebird from the audience. Just because I know. <laughs> Steve, just a heads up, they're there through Sunday. <laughs> well, Skip and Julie, thank you. Linda, wonderful recruiting again. She always recruits the best guests. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having us. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page.
Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association.
Thank you.